over the walls, the floor, the ceiling. You can stop so Hi, everybody, and welcome back to GoofCast. My name is Michael Prims. I'm your host. And thank you for returning to this long-lost, now-found podcast, although it has been close to two years since I last did an episode. And I'm not going to bore you with the details of where I've been and what's been going on, uh, because we have bigger things to talk about. That is Barbenheimer. But I'll just say this. To paraphrase Mr. Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, he says, life finds a way. To paraphrase him, I'll say, life gets in the way of making a podcast to your 10 dedicated, li- maybe 10 is generous. Yeah, pretty generous. Uh, five maybe dedicated monthly listeners. So welcome back, Emma. Welcome back, Ryan. I shouldn't say people's names. Maybe I'm wrong. I have a lot of listeners. I don't know. I haven't checked the metrics in a long time. Maybe it was a like a, like a sleeper hit. <laughs> <laughs> sleeper hit cult podcast i could be completely unaware i don't think i am i am hoping that i have the password to the rss feed to put this out or else the only person who will hear this is gonna be me so if you can hear this i figured it out if you can't hear this then hi michael check the piece of paper that is in the cabinet under the stapler and if anybody's going to rob my house, I'm now going to move it. I'm going to move the piece of paper. So don't don't get smart. Don't get smart on me. Maybe you could maybe you could figure out where I live. You've listened to the first episode where I talk about the world's tallest man from the Guinness Book of World Records Museum now defunct in Niagara Falls being dropped on my stairs. Maybe you can like uh picture where I live. Maybe you got you can start to get a sense. Maybe I doxed myself in that. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. The microphone didn't sound right. It didn't know what I was doing. Probably doxed myself. If you come in, if you break into my house and you think that the passwords to all of my stuff is going to be under the stapler, it's not going to be there because I am now going to move it. I am now going to move it. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for joining me once again. I missed you all. I, I missed you all so much. And I'm back. And let's talk about Barbenheimer. Because Barbenheimer, I did it. It's done. I saw both movies in one day. And it was an amazing time. And I want to talk about that experience, and I also want to talk about those movies individually, because I I think they're both, spoiler alert, very good movies, and we're going to discuss it. Uh, Speaking of spoiler alerts, I'm going to try to keep this spoiler-free for both of the movies. Um, If you're a person where it's like, I don't want to hear anything about the movie, anything I hear uh, about the movie beyond what I saw in the trailer is a spoiler, then maybe don't listen to this yet. It has been a crazy month at the movies. It has been an event. Barbenheimer is an event. Going to the movies, seeing half the people dressed in pink, half the people suddenly interested in the history of the atomic bomb, it's pretty cool. And Barbenheimer has been a big phenomenon. Most people are not doing two movies in one day because it's kind of insane and kind of a lot to get through. But me and my buddy Vince decided, let's do it, and let's see both movies in one day. Now... There's a lot of uh, fervor here with what movie should you see first. You know, and when it comes to memes, 
there's a lot of, uh, it's one of those like choice memes. Like, are you on in this camp or in this camp? Choice memes reminding me a lot of the dress debacle from 2015. Is the dress black and blue or is it white and gold? Which camp are you in? I was asked that question in a mosh pit for the band The Contortionist. They stopped the show. They, they stopped the metal rocking and rolling. And they got everybody to look at the dress. And we all we all yelled our pick. What a time to be alive. Well, it turns out, very coincidentally, as of this month, July 2023, or actually it's it's technically August. It's well, it's early August. As of this past month, July 2023, edit that in post, Michael. Just a, a message, edit that in post. Uh, <laughs> as of this month, July 2023, the creator of the dress, the seamstress, Keir Johnson has been charged with the attempted murder of his wife, Grace, following years of domestic violence and threats. So the dress, at this point, could possibly be red. Another big choice meme was actually pretty recent. Would you rather take $10 million or have dinner with Jay-Z? Truly the geocentric versus heliocentric, does the earth revolve around the sun or vice versa of our time? I think. I mean, a very easy choice. But I remember so many social media comments trying to make the case for like, oh, you can take the $10 million or you have dinner with Jay-Z and you ask him how to be an entrepreneur and you can make $10 billion. They tried to make it a lesson where it's like, don't take uh, the, the little prize, keep working till you get the big prize. But I guess they didn't count on the fact of like what if you have dinner with jay-z you pull up you're ready to pick the man's brain try to find out how you can create your own rock nation and he decides well (laughs) i don't really want to talk about business (laughs) i just want to eat rigatoni then what then what do you do maybe he'll tell you the story of like how how he made crazy in love but that over 10 million dollars i don't know also, the choices have dinner with Jay-Z, not have dinner on Jay-Z. What if you get stuck with the bill? What if you're buying Jay-Z dinner and Jay-Z's a man of luxury? He's in the lap of luxury. Who knows what he's going to order? You're going to end up going in the negatives. What if he orders that bottle of alcohol that looks like a vase at your grandmother's house? I don't know what it's called. I'm going to look it up. Okay, it's called Clay Sazul. What if he orders Clay Sazul? Then what? He orders this, like, a nonna, nonna fiore jar alcohol here. Then what? Then you're out, uh, it says, r- bottles ranging from 130k each. And you know he's going to pick the 30k one. You know he's going to pick the 30k one. Then what? Just take the $10 million. Jesus is going to take that bottle and go, okay, I'm going to bounce. There's a new guy named Michael Primiani. He just made $10 million overnight. I have to ask him how he did it. <laughs> then it's, he's, Jesus is having dinner with me. And I have the money for Chase Azul. One bottle of Chase Azul for you, you're in the poor house. One bottle for me doesn't make a dent. I have $10 million. Who cares? I'll buy him 10 Chase Maybe not 10. I'll buy him two Chase Azuls. Then you know what? He's going to tell me how to how to make Rock Nation 2. And then I'm, a, I'm the mogul. And you're nothing. Serves you right for having dinner with Jay-Z. Okay, anyway, back to Barbenheimer. Damn, this, shit, this shit's off the rails. <laughs> So yeah, me and my buddy Vince decided to do Barbenheimer, 
And we did Barbie first, where everybody's saying to do Oppenheimer first, you know, start with the heavy one, end on the light one. It's like having a meal, you know, start with the food and with the dessert. That was the logic. But we had to go with when our friends were going to watch Oppenheimer. Like we watched Barbie, just us two schlubs, but we met up with our friends to watch Oppenheimer and they chose 10 o'clock ending the night at 1 a.m., so we decided to go before that. Obviously, you can't watch a movie at 1 a.m. We started uh, Barbie at 7. So Barbie 7 to 9, 15-ish. And then Oppenheimer was from 10, starting at 10 on the dot in IMAX 70 millimeters. Also, yes, forgot to mention, I watched Oppenheimer as God Nolan intended in 70 millimeter IMAX at the one theater in all of Ontario that was capable of showing the movie both in IMAX and in 70 millimeters, and it happened to be 15 minutes from my house. I was reading on the Vaughn subreddit that people were driving in from like Montreal and these far out places, and I got pretty lucky that this uh, IMAX theater, although built in like 1999 and has not been updated for better and mostly for worse, uh, is so close to me. So th thanks, Oppenheimer. Thanks, Cineplex. Uh, thanks, Nat Taylor, founder of Cineplex, for making that happen. So yeah, watched it. Uh, watched Oppenheimer as as intended. Luckily, so we began our night by eating dinner at Symposium Cafe. Bit of an odd place. Uh, it's like a cafe dessert place, but they also serve a lot of different food. It sort of reminds me of like a like a cafe slash Italian place because they have all this like Renaissance art on the wall, like the School of Athens meets a hookah bar lounge because it's like very dark in there, like faux leather seats. I thought they were going to serve the chicken sandwich that I ordered on top of a candelabra hookah thing, just sitting on the charcoal briquette to get a smoked chicken. Smoke chicken, smoke salad, smoke fries, smoke Coca-Cola. But luckily, uh, I, I did not have to uh, huff the meal. Just ate it, luckily. And we were sitting in there like, man, like I don't know if I have the energy for like five hours straight of move, Like five hours of looking at a screen and a one-hour break. We were there like, I don't know if I have the energy for this. When are we going to get coffees? What's the coffee situation? We were like sitting there like anxious, perplexed. And I was just thinking like, man, our grandparents came to this country and they were worried about like, how am I going to, how am I going to support my family working during the day doing like construction and then at night, like doing the railroad tracks in the dark, laying, laying track, laying the pipes. And here we are like, how are we going to watch the five hours of movies? We're going to fall asleep. So so stupid. But anyway, walked on over to Tim Hortons. Uh, I grabbed the coffee. I was, I was very lucky that I ordered like a black iced coffee. And I swear to God, uh, the, the barista. Are the Tim Hortons workers called baristas? Why not? We should start calling them baristas. We call the Starbucks workers baristas because they uh, have a, a septum piercing and know who Mac DeMarco is, but why aren't we extending the same courtesy to the immigrant lady at Tim Hortons? So the Tim Hortons barista, I think she made a little bit of an error for the best and poured me like the world's strongest cold brew. 
I don't know if they had like the friggin' plutonium blend back there, but this coffee wired me to watch five hours of movies. I was wired. I didn't even finish it. This coffee, this single medium uh, plutonium uh, dynamite blend coffee, medium size, lasted me through Barbie, through Oppenheimer, and when I threw it in the garbage at the end of the night, still had coffee in it. So God bless that barista at Tim Hortons. Don't know her name, but maybe I'll go back there and I'll I'll say, here's a here's Cineplex gift card. Go see Oppenheimer because it was better. Oh, I should have said that to the end. Should have said that at the end of the podcast. Anyway, went in for Barbie. What's kind of funny about Barbie is like everybody's dressed to the nines. And it's cool. Like everybody's dressed in pink. Everybody's dressed up. Even the guys. Me and Vince, we were in our Atomic Bomb Museum shirts matching. Well, they weren't matching shirts. They were both shirts, souvenir shirts from the Atomic Bomb Museum in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we just went for a bachelor party. And we, we went to that museum as, as a little like pre little uh, Oppenheimer pre-drink, if you will, before the main event. So we were in our shirts, but everybody was dressed up. And it was like these these like three girls that were in front of us like were dressed to the nines, but came in like a half an hour late. So they they came out in their in their outfit. They probably like spent time on, spent time on the outfit, spent time on the makeup just to enter a dark room and be seen by no one. Um, so that should be on time for a movie, especially if you're going to get dressed up tip of the episode, but let's get into Barbie. Barbie was a lot of fun. Honestly, it was an absolute blast. I thought it was a great combination of an entertaining, fun, dazzling to look at movie with a really good satire and exploration of feminism and the problems with gender differences in the real world. I like that they plainly stated the feminist themes and what they were driving at as a critique in the society, like very plainly with a great monologue by America Ferrera that everybody's talking about for good reason, rather than this like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and like, oh, it's a movie about Barbies, but it's actually something deeper. If you, if you really look at it, I like that it was just plainly stated. It was on the table and at times it felt a little heavy handed and kind of dumbed down where I was like, okay, like I understand, like you have to say it five times, but, but I felt like that when the movie ended, but then I realized like, oh, there were a lot of kids in there that I would imagine Greta Gerwig was trying to get through to like young girls. And if these young girls are being given like a basic knowledge of feminism and the patriarchy and what that all means through this film, then that is totally worth like me going like, okay, in my seat, like it's not for me, it's for them. So um, absolutely, totally get that. Um, beyond that, it was a very funny movie. I laughed more than I thought. It was nice to see Will Ferrell back in the saddle playing like a goofy elf-esque kind of character. I really enjoyed that. I really, I thought it was cool that the Barbies moved like a kid was playing with them, like kind of flopping around and stuff and 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 floating instead of walking. Like I thought that was pretty cool. I can see the nostalgia factor for girls and women, whatever, that have like played with Barbies in their childhood uh, coming to life here. I don't have those experiences um, other than uh, creating a weird Barbie of my own. There's a Barbie in the movie 
that's a weird Barbie and it's Kate McKinnon and it's the Barbie that had crayon on its face and its hair ripped out and its legs pointed at a, at a diagonal. Uh, I did that to, to one of my cousin's Barbies, Juliana, because Juliana uh, kept changing the channel while I was trying to watch Scooby-Doo. So that Barbie got got can't fuck with me and Scooby-Doo. If this was a, 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 a Barbie meets Scooby-Doo movie marathon or like movie team up. I'd be all do all the time. I'd be doing arson at every Barbie movie theater. I'm standing by the do. Standing by not only Scooby-Doo and the gang, but all the villains. Don't mess with me and Captain Cutler, Minor 49er. Don't change the channel, Juliana. This is so stupid. We're like in our late 20s now. This was, this was legit like 20, like five years ago. Doesn't matter. Don't don't talk to the ops no 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 and say that you want to watch Roly Polioli. What the hell is that? At 10:30, the same time as the only daily time slot of Scooby Doo? Are you serious? You go watch that baby shit in the kitchen on the kitchen TV, which I know is very small and it cuts off half the image. But do not mess with me. At 10.30 a.m. when Scooby-Doo is on. And don't think that if I arrive late to my nonos five minutes after 10.30. Because my mom had to do grocery shopping at Galati Supermarket. That you can put the, that crap on the main TV and then hide the TV remote. I'm a bloodhound. I know where it is. Don't don't pull that with I I got a lot of repressed anger. <laughs> Now, I I actually do have the entire, like, the when they used to show Scooby-Doo on, like, on like our local uh, channel, it was, like, the 1969 series, where there's only, I think, like, 25 episodes. I now have it downloaded, torrented. I can watch it whenever I want. How times have changed. How times have changed for the best and also the worst. But if that young boy... Uh, r- ripping, ripping the the remote control out of my cousin's hands to the point where his skin came with it. Could know that fact. I think he'd sleep better at night. I think he'd sleep way better at night. Sorry, back to Barbie. Margot Robbie was great. Ryan Gosling was great. Michael Sarah was great. Loved the cameo from Chibuddy G from BBC's People Just Do Nothing. Bruv. Uh, Simu Liu, aka Simu, I am the first Asian actor to ever act, and you must respect my authority. Liu's 15 minutes of fame from Shang-Chi, which is running out. When did they can make Shang-Chi too? They're they're just slacking because that guy never shuts up on Twitter. I think his 15 minutes of fame after this movie maybe got extended to 30. So congratulations, Simu Liu. I should be nicer to Simu Liu. He's he's a he's a uh, a Toronto boy, a Markham boy, I think. Or is he a Mississauga boy? I should be nicer. If he's from either of those places, I should be way nicer, for sure. This movie lost a little bit of points for some cringy jokes here and there. Some references that are going to be kind of dated. And all in all, uh, the laughs were kept pretty consistent throughout it. And overall, I'm surprised that a major corporation sanctioned a movie that was a critical reflection of itself. Uh, that was kind of cool, kind of innovative. However, I do feel like this is a Trojan horse for a toy cinematic universe. We're going to have, oh my God, the, the movies that are going to come down the pipeline after this one. The movies that Mattel will enter into the city of Troy, into the world 
We're going to be seeing Hot Wheels movie, Barrel of Monkeys movie, Mouse Trap movie, Skip It movie. We're going to have seven sequels of the Skip It movie. We're going to have, you name it, Uno movie. I think some of these are actually confirmed. Like, I don't think I'm I'm messing around here. But, uh, yeah, Sl- Slinky movie. Slinky movie shot in IMAX 70mm. Got to borrow the camera from Christopher Nolan for the Slinky movie. Uh, that's It's going to be wild. But... I think at this point in my life, I would rather watch the toy cinematic universe, all toys come to life, than these goddamn superheroes where they are just, please, please, please stop. I saw, like, the previews before Barbie for, like, the the Blue Beetle and, like, Mrs. Mark. Like, they're just, like, if if you're a superhero and you've been featured uh, in one panel of an issue of... X-Men, X-Force comics from 1985, you too can have a full movie. Just, yeah, that, that, that's enough, man. Enough of these superhero movies. Bring in toy movies, superhero movies, superheroes. Oh, toys in. Uh, I say Barbie. Greta Gerwig's Barbie, 2023. Eight out of ten. Very good. Go out and see it. Barbie had ended. Oppenheimer was next. We were on our hour break, and it was raining very hard, which meant that we could not go back to Tim Hortons. And Vince, who was planning to get a coffee at that time, could not get a coffee because he refused to drink the Colossus Cineplex coffee uh, popcorn grease sludge uh, that was probably offered for $5 a glass at the concession stands. I do stand by him on that one. He was a little bit worried about staying awake through three hours of Oppenheimer, three hours of a movie that is primarily talking. But nevertheless, he had no problem at all because now we are getting into Oppenheimer. So, I was so excited for Oppenheimer walking into that IMAX theater. I think it's so cool that one of the biggest movies of the summer, if not the biggest next to Barbie, of course, is a history movie. I'm I'm a big history guy, history grad student on his way to becoming a history teacher, here's hoping, and uh, really into the history of the atomic bomb and the, and the post-war. That's what I studied in school, so I was really stoked for this movie, and really cool that this story being told is like one of the biggest movie events in a long time, just really hyped for the movie. And we walk in and sit down in the back row, thankfully. Made a good choice there. If we were any closer, it just would have been too much, too overwhelming. Might have left that uh, movie with a big headache at 1 a.m. We sat down, and there was a very rambunctious group of young men beside us. They were yelling. They were going nuts. They were hopping over the seats to steal snacks from each other. I said, oh, man, I hope these guys don't cause a ruckus during this movie. I hope they don't ruin this thing. But the first point I'll make about this movie, that was three hours of talking, it it totally was, is that it was so engaging and acted and directed and sound design and, and put together in such a suspenseful and engaging way that this group of frat boys, of bros, were on the edge of their seat, totally dialed in, in silence, which I was pretty pleased to see, I guess. Uh, Don't judge the bro by his OVO jacket, I guess. But I thought this movie was phenomenal. I loved it so much. That was... 
It's always great to know, you know, a decent amount about a story and say to yourself, like, that's the best this story could have been told um, on the silver screen, in my opinion. Um, and like, I was just, we we're so into it. It was so well acted. Killian Murphy, give that guy the Oscar. But if you're going to give another guy the Oscar, give it to Robert Downey Jr. Because he was so good as Louis Strauss. The way this movie shifted from the past, the story of Oppenheimer, to the present at that point, the story of Louis Strauss, and the takedown and unraveling of Oppenheimer was so well done, masterful, and showed both men coming to realizations about the war, the people around them, and themselves in such an interesting way, slowly unraveling a hard-to-ignore truth. It was awesome. It was, This movie was so well acted. I didn't know Benny Safdie was in it as... Edward Teller, Matt Damon was great, and I loved seeing these historical figures enter the screen where I was reacting like a goober Marvel fan uh, when Blorco from issue 9 makes an appearance in a post-credits scene. Oh my god, it's Blorco, wait till the end of the credits. I felt like that during the movie. The score on those IMAX mega speakers sounded so good. It reminded me a bit of like Godspeed You, just a constant sense of suspense and dread that is just so palpable through the movie. Just the entire movie from the beginning to the end, it's just like like something bad is going to happen, something wicked this way comes, something is unraveling here. Just really, 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 really well done. So awesome. There were some very haunting images and scenes throughout this. I won't go into spoiler territory other than to say that the end was really one of them and really tied it all together in a really just profound way. Watching this in 70 millimeters, especially when they set off that bomb in the Trinity test. That's not a spoiler. It's history. Come on. Let me let me out of that one. Uh, watching that in IMAX with the boys an amazing time. This theater experience, one of the best theater experiences of my life. Oppenheimer. I'm so happy that Christopher Nolan and the gang there pulled it off. That nobody's, nobody, nobody is tweeting hashtag Floppenheimer. That would have happened if the movie wasn't good. I, I totally would have happened. Uh, but this is a, a win, a win, a win, a winnenheimer in my books. And I give Oppenheimer a 10 out of 10. And I don't give those reviews out often. Check my letterbox. Last 10 I gave to a new movie was Uncut Gems. That was uh, all the way in 2019. That was the first 10 out of 10 I've seen since Uncut Gems. Parasite honestly could have been a 10 out of 10. It should have been a 10 out of 10. It should have been a 10 out of 10. Sorry, it sounds like rap. Who am I, Jay-Z at dinner? Um, not, not giving business advice and rapping instead? <laughs> anyway, maybe on the rewatch, I'll up that one to a 10. So yeah, that was Barbenheimer. We left the theater. It was 1.15 a.m. And it was really cool to see both of these hit movies back to back. It's something that I would love to do again if I was with somebody that was equally gung-ho about it. And there were two really good movies out at the same time that were kind of different. It's cool that they were so different and it was like... Um, I think I was kept engaged besides that crack cocaine coffee just by the fact that these movies were really anticipated but also really different and a, a change of pace for Barbie to Oppenheimer or Oppenheimer to Barbie, however you do it, uh, it's really cool. 
And that's going to do it for this episode. Barbenheimer, I would recommend it. Well, I would recommend both the movies, but if you want to do it both in the same day, I think it's pretty damn cool. I drove home with a big smile on my face that didn't last because then I decided to eat uh, two chicken snack wraps from McDonald's and the lettuce uh, tasted like it came uh, off the rainy road. And uh, then the, I wasn't smiling, more like a, a straight line. Uh, and well, I was I was very tired today. Then I had a frown. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Goofcast, you can find us on Instagram at it's goofcast. You can find me on Twitter. I'm not calling it X on Twitter at Michael Prims. Also Instagram at Michael Prims. Follow me on Letterboxd, also at Michael Prims for more movie stuff. And I hope to make more podcasts soon. This was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. I really appreciate you listening to it if you caught this far. And yeah, all the best. And I'll see you at the movies. I, I, I really want to attend that way. That's so cool.